0: This brand new episode of Walk La Mile podcast, The Greg and Michelle Show, is brought to you by We Cook. We Cook brings you healthy meals and prepared fresh, delivered right to your home every week. And they give you, listeners of Walk La Mile, $50 off with promo code MILE50. M-I-L-E so, MILE50. M-I-L-E you go on We Cook Meals. Dot C-A, you order and you get $50 off by listening to this podcast. Enjoy this brand new episode, folks. Have fun. Madame Latandra.
1: How's it going, Greg? Oh
0: always <laughs> always trying to find new ways to make you smile right of the start.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm good. I'm good. Yourself?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, always.
0: How how is your open going so far?
1: Uh, tell me about that. I feel bad because I'm not ta- like I'm doing it for I'm doing it like I'm doing the equipment free version and I haven't done any CrossFit training in a really long time because of the Ironman training and because of the lack of space in my place and everything like that. So I've been kind of um, doing monostructural stuff and uh, at last 21.1's workout was not too bad. I mean, like there are limitations, right? Um, my wrist was hurting because I haven't been on my hands in so long. And, um, so that workout was kind of just like, uh, you know, like I'm not gonna bang up my wrist for this. And then, but this workout, the 21.2 workout with the burpees, there's not much of, of an excuse other than I'm just not as fit as I used to be at all. <laughs> I did it. I finished it, but it was long, how did it go for you? You you did it too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in the equipment free version too. And it's not because I'm trying to like some people would see how my scores are and all that stuff. And they would go like, yeah, he went in the under quote unquote, category to try to have some results and all that stuff. And <sighs> I, I just wanted to have fun this year. And I'm I really, I don't have access to any sort of gym or equipment. And yeah. um, uh, certainly not. Certainly not a 24 inches box. So, yeah,
1: that's a little hard. So, yeah.
0: The, the first workout I was really surprised. I couldn't go. I was in my girlfriend's kitchen, so I didn't want to like bang out, uh, bang out uh, the, the coffee machine yeah. or on the, the table or, or whatever. So I, I couldn't go as hard as I wanted to go, probably. Uh, but still, my upper back was so sore. I went for a run the, the day after, and when I came back, I couldn't lift my arms.
1: Oh, really?
0: It, I it, didn't it go something. that hard at all. <laughs> and the second one, uh, I'm act- in the Masters 35 39 division, equipment free. I placed third in the world. So I was kind of.
1: Oh, look at you
0: but as you know, burpees are my thing. So burpees <laughs> and squats. So it, it, it was kind of, uh, it was a super, super intense workout. I, I, I coughed no for kidding. about an hour after
1: I didn't go that hard at all. Um, I really liked, um, I actually really enjoyed performing the reps of hang squat snatches with my broomstick. I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Cause it's, I'm such a, I love technique. So I was like, moving properly. You know, I was doing the hang and I was pretending I had a load and I jumped and I punched and all this stuff. So it's just my legs are sore today. And tomorrow I'm probably gonna be super sore. And I'm supposed to go running today and I don't know how I'm gonna do it.
0: Well just take it easy. Just go slow. <laughs> as as you as we said in a previous episode with Mr. Paul Tremblay here, uh the only running that's really hard is in CrossFit because you have to run fast. Yeah. So just enjoy running the, i
1: don't know i've done some pretty hard workouts recently i don't know what's going on the programming is getting like a little bit harder if, for the triathlon and there are some pretty intense paces for like some time anyway but we'll see i'm gonna have to figure that out as
0: you're gonna have to have as, a wingman to run with you when uh when that time comes uh, make sure you give a call to your boy greg weather weather is good in montreal now it's fun to run it's just the the ground is kind of shit at least it's asphalt but yeah uh, it's kind of shit because there's rocks everywhere there's still some ice and uh, i mean don't don't go running in white shoes but uh, for the rest uh, for the rest uh, it's pretty cool but it's much
1: better i mean like i ran all winter and i could tell you that running in minus 10 or 15 versus running with a little bit of rocks in plus 10, there's a significant difference.
0: It's yeah, it, it's it's a big difference though. I know, I know a lot of people are listening to us in the US and uh, I mean, they're constantly running in warmer temperatures and yeah. it's kind of fun to run in the winter. It's kind of fun. There's the oxygen, there's less oxygen. It's harder to breathe. It's much more muscular. Um, but I kind of like dress it. properly. Yeah. You have to dress properly. Uh, but I mean, if you're dressed properly, you go outside, you run, I kinda, I think I'm going to miss it a bit, but mm,
1: anyway. I'm not, I, I don't like, I liked it more <laughs> than I thought. Like I didn't, but near the end, I was like skipping workouts. Cause I was just really fed up of navigating, the slush and the cars and the people. Because when you, I don't know if whoever is listening to this that doesn't have a snowy um, environment, when you're running outside in the summer, it's like whether you're in the city or you're in wherever, you can navigate people quite easily because you can kind of like dodge a, like a pole or you could just run a little bit on the street and then get back on the sidewalk and whatnot but in the winter there's about you lose so much sidewalk because the, the snow is tossed to the side so when there's a someone walking and you have to navigate them you're either gonna like push them and or you're gonna step into like this huge pile of snow or ice or you can't go directly onto the street because there's this huge snow bank on the street because all this snow from the street is pushed to the side so there's a lot of annoying little complications that come with running in the winter in the city
0: well so, yeah okay in but that i still like running in the city I, I i'm running on the lachine canal which is yeah that's kind cool. of a cycling slash walking path which is yeah. pretty cool so i mean if people are running i just yell at them like hey sorry <laughs> And they're just, oh, my God, they move and they're yeah. like. Yeah.
1: During but- COVID, when you're running and you have to go close to someone, they look at you like you're going to kill them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably not the case because we run so fast. We can't <laughs> give any virus to anyone. So uh, I know, I know you're uh, you're kind of rushed today because that's what the life of an entrepreneur coach during the <laughs> Open is, I guess. Um, you're you had the pleasure and the honor to chat with your former, I'll say former competitor because you guys competed. You 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 ladies, I'm sorry, competed uh, <laughs> one against the other. Uh, Margot Alvarez, and yeah. uh, how how did you feel just doing this solo episode with her?
1: Man, talking to Margot is so great. Um, Margot's one of the very few competitors that has no. Uh, there's not a lot of difference between Margot as a competitor and Margot outside of competition. Like she's really truly um, authentic, and um, it was such a pleasure to talk with her because she's really a jack of all trades, and I really. I'm. I would consider myself much the same. You know, she touches everything. So getting to know Margot post competitive career was really fun. Like, she has a wine business, and anyone who knows me well knows that I'm a huge wine lover. That and, was my um, next question? Yeah, we talked about wine. <laughs> um, of course. And, but it's so it's so impressive that someone was. One of the biggest takeaways from my conversation with Margot, and you guys are going to hear that uh, in the conversation, but Margot has managed to put two, like, two unseemingly unrelated passions together, which is fitness and wine. And coming from an art background, I've always felt kind of like that I have two parts of me in my body, you know, an artistic part and a fitness part. And then add like the entrepreneurship if you want to add that but it was nice to talk to someone that has um, kind of the same I want to say duality um, in in her life but she's managed to seamlessly put them together and doing it in a really authentic a la Margot way um, getting to and Margot has a really interesting past and has has a very profound outlook on on life you know she's been through some hardships and stuff so it was a really nice conversation very very thoughtful
0: all right well i'm gonna clear my schedule today and uh, listen (laughs) to this episode and i really can't wait it's just so funny we have this podcast together i haven't listened to the episode at all and it's going to be a total surprise for me when i put it online to, uh, to listen to it well Good job, Michelle. Have a nice day. Can't wait Thank for uh, can't wait for next week or next episodes. I think uh, we have a French one coming soon. Yes. Yes. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, vraiment, vraiment excellent. So excellent. have a good one, and uh, we'll chat later.
1: Yeah. Have a good listen. So Margot, Margot, welcome to the show. Walk Le mile.
2: I love it. Thank you for having me
1: uh um we're so happy to have you i mean where greg is not with us today um i'll be i'll be uh, conducting the interview but uh (laughs) let me tell you a little bit about walk la mile what that's about so walk la mile is basically comes from walk a mile in a man's shoes but there's a whole bunch of, of of little references here because we're in montreal and we're bilingual so it's walk la mile not walk the mile and um This podcast is basically what we strive to do, Margot, is understand what the journey is. So what that process actually looks like in different people based on the results that we see. So that's something that as um, entrepreneurs, athletes, or whatever, we know very well what the process is because we go through it. But a lot of people see you for who you are as is, as a picture, and they don't understand what you did and what you went through to get to where you are so our goal right now is to kind of get to know margot and walk (laughs) the mile in margot's shoes
2: i love it yeah
1: so margot you and i know each other from competing and i tried to remember when the first time was that we competed together in the crossfit games and i think from my memory it was back in 2013
2: yep yeah, that okay. was the first time. I know, I was trying to think about that the other day. I was like, wow, yeah. like, it feels like it's ages ago.
1: Yeah, well, 2013 <laughs> is legit like almost 10 years ago. Like it's eight years ago. That's so crazy. It's crazy. Time <laughs> flies. So, um, I mean, just, I'm going to give a quick picture, but then I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Margot, you competed in CrossFit. Um, and uh, after competing in CrossFit,
2: you... Uh, um, and I think... I wouldn't have done that I would have gone towards like psychology because I love like the mental aspect Uh, there's a lot of things that people don't realize in sports and competing in business the physical aspect is good but especially with like training whatever training you're doing that mental aspect is huge and I think I would have gone down that road of psychology aspect
0: Mm -hmm. or psychology
2: of some sort um, more so than communication and I look back now like even with all the fitness and interest in like how the human body works I would love to do some sort of like whether it's maybe physical education or sport for younger, like teaching and helping younger kids. I feel like movement and exercise is so important. And I yeah. feel like I, if I would have studied that maybe a little bit more like exercise psychology or exercise science, that would have been something I would have known. But again, it's hard to go back. Like we say that, I say that now, but it's hard to go back, you know, and say that then.
1: Well, yeah, but you, it could move. It could be the way forward. Right. You know, we're still
2: young. Yep. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So tell me a little bit um, about like um, on a more uh let's say uh, uh important moments perspective. So um you were drawn to uh, uh business com- uh, communications or or um, and you were drawn to fitness. Can you think of any moments in your life that you think are profound life-changing moments that kind of change your tra- trajectory um in a very significant way, whether it's personal or business, like, did you always think you were going to be in business communications or is that something that you were drawn to after um, uh, something happening or did you think that you were going to compete in fitness? Um, Like, Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I think I always was drawn to communications and interpersonal communications. I think with people, I'm very, I love getting to talk to people, meet people. I think I was always personally drawn to that. And I think that's where I was kind of focused on. I was like, I didn't really know what else I wanted to do. Numbers, like finance was not my jam. Numbers are not my strength. Um, But I would study really hard for that. But I think that's something I'm going to pursue something. I want to be something I'm interested in. Um, And when I I, I was almost finished with university when this happened, but my sister passed away in 2008. And I think that was a very pivotal moment in my life where it changed kind of what I thought I was going to do and what I actually did. Um, She was 20 years old when she passed. So I think she knew she had like, she was very intuitive and she knew that she was going to pass young and I, she lived life very kind of making the most of every moment, embodying every opportunity that she had and not taking things for granted. And then when she passed, I think I absorbed that in a way where I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, she doesn't have the opportunity to live and be here on, on earth with us. So I was like, I can hopefully embody her lifestyle and embody what she really lived. And I, that, that for me, that changed my course in a lot of things. Cause I think it, It really opened my eyes. I was like, man, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed next month as much as I might plan and have kind of ideas for three months, five years, or whatever it might be, I don't always have that opportunity. And so I think that was a pivotal moment where it really changed my trajectory on life. And it's kind of shaped who I am now and kind of shape how I have an outlook on life, not only in business or competition or training, but in all aspects. And I think that's something mm-hmm. I try to kind of keep in my mind and just remember like if I start to get frustrated or flustered by small things, it's like this in perspective, maybe not doesn't really matter. And I'm just giving it more weight than it should. So that was probably mm-hmm. one of the big, big pivotal movements I've had. And I think that thrust me into fitness even more just because it was my outlet. So being able to exercise and work out and go to the gym was a way to release, whether it's frustration or anger or sadness or happiness, whatever I was feeling that allowed me to channel that energy in that way so that I didn't maybe turn to other things, whatever it might've been.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that must like, that must've been a big shock in your family. Um, and do you have any other siblings?
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, she, I have two two younger sisters. So she was the middle one that passed, and then Remy was even younger. So she's four years younger than me. And I think it was a lot harder for her because they were a little bit closer. I would, yeah. was gone in university, and they'd spent the past year being really close, living in the same house um, for school and university. And I think she she definitely struggled a little bit more than I did. Uh, and granted she was a little younger I was four years older so being able to maybe understand it and I had my sister coming to me in a dream after she passed like the same night and I think having that for me was kind of her way to communicate some solace, like hey I, I can't physically be there but I'm okay like wherever I'm at I'm mm-hmm. okay and that was her message to me and my sister didn't ever necessarily to like get that and I think that's something that mm-hmm. she struggled with like oh man like you know why did she come to me and I think again, I'm no expert in like psychology or anything like that, but I think it's like maybe she wasn't ready for that Mm -hmm. at her period of life. And maybe that's why she didn't come to her and visit at that point. So,
1: yeah, you seem to have a very, um, uh, you seem to be very in touch in your internal dialogue, you know? Um, and I really feel like being in touch with the internal dialogue and trying to understand what that is makes you navigate life maybe, um, a little bit, not, I don't wanna say easier because we all go through the same effects and, and uh, outcomes and, and hardships, but it makes you maybe a little, a little bit less um, hesitant on making decisions. Tell me, yeah. um, so uh, you got into fitness um, after that effect. You fell into it in a competitive way. Tell me a little bit about like how fitness is part of who you are now as a business person?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it's definitely something that I incorporate almost every single day, whether it's going to the gym or walking, but it's something I've embodied as business. That's like, not only is my message work hard, wind down, but it's something that allows me to seek, I guess, I know, like I said, soulless again, but it allows me to seek time for myself to, kind of clear my thoughts and get some sort of blood flow going. So I feel better physically, mentally, and emotionally, but that allows me to be able to say, all right, I can now sit down at the computer for five hours and do work, whether that's computer work or emails or phone calls. And I think it allows me to set the tone and have a routine. And I'm a very type A individual or like routine helps me. If that's a kind of schedule for me, I like to have a, a plan or a, some sort of agenda. Things can obviously change. But fitness has definitely become a staple where it's allowed me to create that structure and routine for my personal life, but also for my business life. And just being able to like have social, I think social skills or social interactions. Period. I know like 2020, we didn't have as much of that. So I think I'm seeking more of that now because of that. Um Mm. it's definitely something that's been it's uh it's like the foundation. And I think being able to communicate that to people where it's like, hey movement period is so good for you mentally physically emotionally even if it's just walking or riding the bike or going hiking it is something mm-hmm. that a lot more people should incorporate if they're not incorporating it
1: yeah i guess yeah, yeah yeah for sure and tell me so so you competed at the games for how many
2: years uh six years individual and then the last one in 2019 was the last one i was team so seven total
1: yeah are you satisfied with that career
2: yes i, I am because I feel like I put everything I had into that and it's like, people are like, are you going to keep going? I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I checked that box. <laughs> up. I'm happy. Like, and of course, I think as an athlete and a individual, we always are going to put ourselves like, we want to be the best version of ourselves. We always want to be better. At least in my mind, I'm like, I want to be perfect. And I don't know why in my mind, I, maybe I was raised that way, but it's like, I gave it everything I got. I, you know, I didn't win. I placed top 10 once, but it's like, I gave everything I had. And I was like, I didn't have any regrets. I, yes, I wanted to finish higher, have better placings, better times, but if I put everything out there and that's what I have, then how can I go back and like negate the work that I put in? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I did that out of accomplish. Like I don't feel like I want to go, back. I know I don't want to go back. I'm like, all right, I'm going to compete and do something else again. Like I'm mean, going to evolve and compete in golf, which I focused a little more time on recently. Um, I want to focus on building my business and being the most successful businesswoman that I can be and get into as many places and, hit all 50 states for distribution, eventually get worldwide distribution. Um, but again, I think my my goals have changed. My my focus piv- has pivoted. And so I'm definitely vers- very happy and satisfied with that.
1: Yeah. Is there
2: anything you feel like, like, do you feel like you had the potential to do better? Would you change anything? That's a great question. And Alex, my coach, which he says, hi, by the way, um, <laughs> He uh, we were talking about this, I think a few months ago. And I think if I were, if if I look back and like, man, like I wanted to be, if I want to say, I want to be more consistent at the top five or top 10 or win it eventually in my mind, starting a business kind of halfway through in my career, I probably shouldn't have done that. And people are like, man, you're doing it both. I'm like, yeah, you can do it both. But it's like, how successful can you be? If I'm giving one thing hundred percent or I'm giving two things, 75%, which I mean, that comes up to 150%, but I'm not <laughs> able to dedicate one to a like hundred percent to one, there was going to be some sort of pull. So when I started launching the business, that mental focus and that physical focus of like, I'm spending some time over here to build the business and do the paperwork and trans transport the grapes and everything I need to do, which is great. But then I'm not spending maybe as much time over here as I was training. And I was able to, to continue to do both. But if I was to go back and say, all right, if I wanted to focus on competing, then building a business shouldn't have been introduced at that point in my life mm-hmm. but at the same time it's a double-edged sword I'm like now that I'm not competing anymore at what point would I have pivoted into something full-time where like all right well I'm not able to compete or I'm not competing anymore what is now going to be my full-time job what is going to help me get to where I want to get mm-hmm. so yeah it's mm-hmm. a great question though
1: well yeah I mean I think about that a lot too I mean um First of all, you you. I mean, like you said, you get that question. Would you? Why are you stopping? Would you do it again? It's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I feel the same way. I get that. Like, been there. I've done that. Um, I can't imagine. I have a short attention span, and I can't imagine doing the same thing every day for ten years. That is that difficult. Like, yeah. Like, I don't see. And then I ask myself the question: Could I have done better if I had invested myself emotionally, physically? more and mm-hmm. I don't think, I think I could have done better but I don't think I would have been as happy with the successes that I've had if I had made that investment to give it really everything. And I mean like like serious everything, not like I gave it my all every time I could considering the balances that I wanted to maintain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if I had sacrificed um, really everything to be the best, I don't think I would have loved life as much as I did throughout the process of of competing. So I think that um, that's where I am. And I know that some people don't think like that, but um, that's something I thought a lot about. Like, and and it's funny because um, people love competition and people love winners and people love people who dedicate their lives. But I see those people as sacrifices Um, it's kind of like you're sacrificing yourself for the good of humanity it's like it's like friggin spider-man you know (laughs) like (laughs) with great great power comes great responsibility like I don't think people understand that the the profound effect it has on on people for the entertainment and the inspiration of others which is
2: it's not a bad thing but
1: it's just it's a lot of responsibility that falls onto your shoulders you know
2: yeah, no, that's a great way to to describe it. I think it's it's tough when people, like you said, that people just see a picture or a snapshot or the end. They don't see the days, the years, the months that add up, the blood, sweat, and tears, the struggles, yeah. the, the conversations, or the the arguments you have, or whatever it might be like all those under layers. And I know there's a there's a picture up there, like they use like the iceberg, right? The tip of the iceberg is what people see. We don't see everything underneath it, and there's so much more of that, especially like the journey, right? The mile mm-hmm. that you walk, like you get to the finish or you start and then you get to the end, but it's like, we're spending so much more time in that journey in the process. And I think it's huge because people ask, would ask me like, Oh, like, do you really drink wine when you're competing? I'm like, well, yeah, like I'm not crushing a full bottle, but I'm gonna have a glass <laughs> too. It's a balance. Like I want to enjoy my life. Like I don't want to get like to the end of my life and be like, man, I didn't enjoy anything that I did. I didn't enjoy the process. Like I think I, near the end of my career. It's like, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I did in the beginning. like, and I think at any point you may or may not, I can't speak for people for myself. It's like when I found CrossFit, I was like that Kool-Aid drinking, like crazy, like CrossFit girl. You're like, Whoa, Margo, that's a little too much, you know? (laughs) But I think that's what like that passion and that craziness is what drew me towards it. And that thrust everything into it to allow me to get to that point. And as it came to the end, like, all right, I've enjoyed this, but it's like, I want a little more balance. I have a, not, I have not gone to so many birthdays parties or going to nights out or dinners or events or traveling for X, Y, Z, because that was what I wanted. And that's totally fine. But going forward, I'm like, man, I really appreciate and I'm really grateful for the time that I do spend with family and friends or getting to meet new people or talking to people about business and getting to share my philosophy. Cause it's like, I didn't, necessarily do that for so many years, but again, it, it served a purpose and I had a time frame. but now I'm like, all right, I'm really embracing that. Cause again, I get the end of my life. I want to look back and I want to have minimal regrets. I want to be like, I did this and I did that and I'm happy for it. Like, I'm happy for my time to be able to compete. Um And I'm now able to, again, like I'm shifting. And I think they talk about this in agricultural aspects but like every seven years or so you like retail the land, you reintroduce more soil. So it's rough, ref- f- like fresh and better for the next harvest. And I was like, man, that's a great kind of analogy where I'm at. Like I competed for about, you know, seven years, eight, including the extra like year or two before, but now it's like, I'm retailing the soil. I'm re-evaluating what I want to do. So now I'm kind of adjusting my sales to now this, another focus where it's my business. Now the goal again, to focus on this and grow this and be able to build the company up and have hopefully worldwide distribution in the future, something that I'm working towards, but I feel like it's really important for ourselves to kind of have that inner dialogue. And it's like, Am I enjoying what I'm doing? If not, then let me reevaluate my goals, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, that's
1: good. Like, I like that seven years true because it's often referred to in marriage is referred to as the seven year itch, you know, it's like, oh, really? <laughs> there's always a need in marriage and relationships. Like
2: there's always a need for change. Like, do you like change? I do, and I think I re- the reason I like change is because I feel like this is gonna be a weird analogy, but like when you move, for example, right? It's a change, right? You're changing your, like, your environment that you're in, but that change allows you to kind of shed your skin. Sounds weird again, mm-hmm. but like you're shedding things maybe you don't need, you're getting rid of items or articles or clothing or furniture that you may not need. But I think that change is good because it's growth. And I think that growth is good for us as humans and as individuals. If we put ourselves in an uncomfortable environment, It allows us to manipulate or move ourselves into a situation where, all right, let's figure the situation out versus just staying stagnant. Like I definitely enjoy routine and having something over and over. It's good and creates good structure, but I think change is necessary in life. And I think if we want to see a change in life, we have to have some sort of change to initiate that change.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, Margo, I see you as a very positive person. You, you have a very positive impact on social media. You have I mean, it's always, it was always such a pleasure to, to, to be with you in competition. It always, it, it always, it never felt like competing when, when you are around, but tell me if there's, is there like a, a very dark moment that you had in whatever part of your life that forced you to make change, to make change happen and, and, and tell yourself like, this is it, I've had enough or, or. Like I need to, I need to reevaluate my, my goals or whatnot.
2: Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I don't, Oh man. I think of, I mean, like I said, my sister passing was something that definitely struck a chord for me in terms of change my life. I think there was a point um, in universities, after my first year of university, where I definitely had a not so good relationship, not so good relationship with food and I became probably lost a lot of weight. And then it kind of came full circle where I started like, became bulimic where I would eat and throw up and eat and throw up. And I was like, I told myself, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't like mm. this. Like, this is a negative, bad cycle. I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy with the process. And every day I would start over like, all right, this is a new day, a new, a good chance to like start on the right foot. And then as the day would go on, it'd be this, just a cyclical thing that repeated itself over and over. And I was like, and I told myself, I was like, I have to change. And so I ended up seeking out um, it was like, I want to say some, her name is Katie. Actually. I still remember her name. She was awesome, but it was kind of like a volunteer, uh, program that they were in at their at university of Hawaii. But I worked with a psychologist there and just would visit them like once or twice a week and just like talking to the process. And it's like, and when I, mean, I back then when I was going through it, I was like, I was kind of sh- ashamed of it. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to like talk about it. I don't want to like boast about it. Cause it's something I didn't have control over. And I think that was something where I was like, I have to take a stand and step because if I don't, I'm going to continue down this path. And I was like, I don't know what route it's going to go. When you hear stories of people that have died from anorexia and, or they get into these bad habits and then maybe it leads to something else. So I, I knew then I was like, all right, I need to make sure I make this change for myself. And it wasn't a moment where I was like, I was like down the gutter, but it was something that I knew in my mind. Like, if this is a habit that I'm going to create now at a young age, I think I was, first year was like 19 or 20. Like if I continue down this path, I was like, at what point am I going to pull myself out of it? And if I don't Mm -hmm. do it now, if I don't do it, who's going to do it for me? Especially since no one knows about it. Like I was very quiet, very kept it, like didn't tell anyone about it. And so I think that's something where I was like, all right, I need to have change. And I think that's where, don't know why, but I have that, that the mental strength. And I don't know if it was from golf growing up, but like telling myself like, I'm not going to be a victim to it. Like, I'm not just going to succumb to it and like, oh pity me like and there's definitely days that I have that but it's like if I can have more of the days where, like all right I can do this I can pull myself out of this I don't I'm not gonna let myself go down that path if I can have more of those and the days where I'm like effort, it, it's whatever just eat the whole box of cereal eat this everything whatever my mind is then it's like I can hopefully have a win because then I'm having more of those positive days than those negative ones mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's probably like the one thing that I kind of really stick at out of my mind I definitely had to think points in high school where I wasn't necessarily happy I was bullied at times and I was kind of like made fun of at times and so I as much as I had not so good days I don't think there was ever a point where it it made me really want to change stuff because in high school I'm like all right well I have to finish school I can't leave the environment I'm in and now that I think about it I think that's maybe why I went to Hawaii I wanted to get away and like create a drastic different change in my environment to see maybe this will pull me out of the the rut that I'm in here Mm -hmm. and it wasn't necessarily area but it was more like the people that were making me feel like that that's
1: that's really remarkable because yeah it it takes a hell of a strong person to kind of look at themselves in the mirror like that and say not this is it I'm not going to do this anymore and just kind of go through it and and we think that it's a you hit the wall and then you bounce away but it's like constant you're hitting the wall here and there and then eventually you you just you hit it less and less and you bounce further and further away from that it's pretty remarkable So, I love that. (laughs) people can't see me, but I'm hitting. (laughs) I I speak with my hands. It's a shame this is my YouTube channel. (laughs) So let's talk about something that uh, I find amazing. I find amazing that you did the Titan Games, you know, (laughs) and and we look at the CrossFit Games and we're like, wow, what a show and everything. But the CrossFit Games is a very profound, in my opinion, it's a very profound psychological sport like there's crossfit is basically the if you're if you're open-minded enough and you're you're not scared of what you're going to think throughout the process of crossfit to me it's like a therapeutic moment in anyone's life it's like you you start to understand who you are and how you do things you know Mm -hmm. but the titan games is like it's like I, I would have been so intimidated to apply for that because it's really like it's on NBC. Everyone's watching it. Chris Rock is like the most loved person on the planet. And he's like one of the biggest badasses that you can think of. And you're doing this, and it's one, it's 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 one person against another. So it's very confrontational. And I just I thought it was amazing that you did it because. I would never have thought for a freaking million years that you would do something like that. When, I, when someone said Margo is doing the, the Titan Games, I'm like, what? <laughs> I could see Sam Briggs doing that. Yeah,
2: that's so, <laughs> so funny. Tell me
1: about that experience. Like how compared to the CrossFit Games, how was the Titan Games?
2: it was, it was definitely an amazing experience. It was definitely different because it was still the competition and competitive side, but it was a TV show. So there was a lot of stuff in terms of like having to film and get B-roll and interviews that a lot of things you don't think of, but like that adds into like 12 hour days. And so I had, I'd seen the first season and I had, I think that was in 2019 and I had applied for American Ninja warrior and like end of 2018, I got selected for that. So got to go do that. That was an awesome experience. I'm oh, definitely really into, like, ninja girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a tight, I would say more Titan game, just cause like what I've done what we've done within CrossFit in terms of like odd object stuff. I love the ninja training. It was great, but I'm definitely more lower body strength. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> But the same casting crew and team that did American Enjoyer also did time games. And so they reached out to me the end of 2019. They're like, hey, we're casting for the second season. I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be amazing. I'm totally down. And it's just cause I think it's different. And it's like, again, an opportunity where I'm like I may or may not get selected. There's probably hundreds of thousand people applying but I was like, if I don't at least try and attempt I won't ever know. So put together a video filled out the application submitted it and then got selected for the preliminaries in January went down to la for that of uh, 2020 and then from everyone that was there they like, selected 18 women and men and i got to be one of the 18 women so i was like oh my god this is amazing um, oh my god so yeah so went down to atlanta did all the filming down there we were there for like three and a half weeks so everything was filmed like super close but again like it's definitely different from the crossfit game because like we didn't necessarily knew what events were there going to be which is a little similar but a lot of it was like cool time frame wise you're going to be filming, but then you're going to come and do some B roll shots. And you're going to do an interview. Oh, no, wait, we're going to go film the workout real quickly and the competition. Okay, we need to come back. We need to change outfits. We need to do more B roll, more photos. So it was definitely long, more of a production side, more so than it mm. was competition. There's still the competitive aspect of it there for sure, but it definitely was different. And like you said, it's like you have these two people, like person in the red outfit and person in the blue outfit, and you're going head to head, where it's like the the games you have like so many athletes you have 10 or 20 on the field so you're like all right you know you're all going together but now you're like oh man so there's a little nerve wracking <laughs> in that sense where i'm like don't mess it up like oh my gosh and here. you
1: won that season right
2: um so i won the west regional so i was a west region champion and then at the finals um the other girl danny and i went head to head she ended up winning so i got second overall but it was still okay. an incredible experience I still had a blast getting to talk to The Rock and like connect with him was really cool. Um, just and his experience of, you know, what he wanted to do, create a platform to have people show stories. And a lot of the people we still keep in touch with today, which is really cool. Some of them are actually coming to Vegas in like two weeks for the Miss America competition. The girl oh, from Nebraska, the OBGYN, she, uh, she's Miss Nebraska, so she's competing for Miss America. So we're gonna, a small group of us are gonna come, um, come cheer her on. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's
1: so much fun. So, so- Margot is a woman of many experiences, <laughs> which I think is speaks to, and the more people I speak to who have had some level of success and that's, and success means so many different things, right? But let's talk about like figures. Um, it seems that there are people that aren't afraid to experience and fail, so to speak. I don't like saying like failure because really it's just trial and error. It's not really. So um, tell me, wine so I love wine and to me it's like it's like uh, the antithesis of, of fitness competition right wine and it's like yeah. um it's two different worlds and and me personally I've always struggled with a duality in my life like I studied in fine arts but I did my adult life in the fitness industry but I have a degree in fine arts to be a designer and there's this duality between the artistic side and the fitness side and I love wine and art and culture, but I feel like it's not something that I can introduce to my CrossFit world, but here you are, <laughs> you own the gym and you own a, a wine company. Tell me why wine, um, why not something else? Um, I know you like the process, but, mm-hmm. but uh, tell me about that.
2: Yeah, so I think, um, and my parents named me after Chateau Margaux, which is a very nice region in France. Uh, and so I feel like it was kind of I'm like, all right, well, I feel like maybe I'm destined to be a, in the future. I, I mean, my parents always talked to me about it when we were younger, my sisters and I just teaching us like how to swirl a glass and how to smell the aroma and and being young and like learning about it, understanding it and not having like a stigma, like, oh, you can't drink, like it's part of a meal or it's part of the process and learning and educating, uh, having my, my parents educate us on it was kind of cool because it's like, all right, it's something it's, it, it is an art in a way, you mm-hmm. know? And I just, like I said, I love the process. And I really loved that for me, it's like, it's finding that balance. And you think of like the yin, the yang, right? Like, so you, you, whether you're in the gym or you're working on your career, you're going to school at the end of the day, you know, you want to celebrate the successes. You want to embrace the struggles. Cause it's like, you wouldn't be here with those struggles. Right. And I think like, you're right with the failures. It's not necessarily a failure, but it's a trial and error. It's what worked, what didn't work like, all right, well, if you just stop then you're not going to necessarily pivot. But if you're able to pivot in understand, center, right, let me embrace that struggle. Let me celebrate the successes. And at the end of the day, I enjoy a glass or, or two of wine. And for me, I, I really embody that. And it's, again, it's a, that balance aspect. And I think it's really important. So it's like, yes, you might, be really involved in fitness, but that doesn't mean you can't drink a a glass or two of wine or share a bottle with friends, but there is that huge stigma. And that's something I've tried to just share with people. It's like, all right, my message is work hard, wine down, but I'm not saying like wine is healthy. I'm saying that you deserve it, that you have a balance. Like you work really hard in your day, enjoy a glass or two or bottle with friends at the end of the night. And I think again, at the end of our life, you look back, you're like, man, I wish I would have enjoyed this. I wish I would have embraced it. And that's something I'm trying to make sure that I do myself on a, on a daily basis but also share with people and i think wine is it's interesting because there's i think there's a lot of a lot of people are like oh man i i can't drink wine because i don't know if i know about it i i didn't go to napa or sonoma i don't know any education behind it and i want to break that barrier it's like that's okay like if you like red or you like white, that's totally fine. Let's learn. And I, and that's what we do with the yoga and wine nights is just share the, the passion for both fitness and wine, but also share education where it's like, Hey, let me educate on like, and share what we've done and like teach you a little bit about wine. Cause there's some people that know a lot about it and they're like, all right, well, where are the grapes from? Like, what was the weather like? What vintage is this? You know, were they South facing slopes? You know, like was there a lot of, like what were the bricks levels in the wine? And that's totally fine. I think that's, a, that's a, definitely an interest cause a lot of people do that, but there's also the opposite side of people like cool these are red rape, red grapes white grapes like uh they come from california maybe but i think it's cool it's a process and i just wanting to be able to share that with people it's a it's a memory for me and a, mm-hmm. i think it's a lot of now i'm learning i'm really embracing it's like there's a lot about these experiences with people where we get to create these memories together and i think obviously 2020 was a time where like maybe we took those moments and those times for granted we're like oh i'm just gonna go over for dinner and hang out now you're like man i can't really go anywhere we're not supposed to yeah. or whatever And I think that's where it's like, all right, let's, let's create this experience and share it with one another. So that's why Mm -hmm. I really love it. And being able to share that message, hopefully with more people and get it out to just embrace the process and kind of celebrate the life life that you've had on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, um, and not feel like we have to wait to the end of our goal to celebrate it.
1: Yeah. That's a very, very profound thought. Not, not waiting for the end of the goal. That's huge because honestly that that um yeah I know what that's like yeah. yeah and uh and and I commend you for it so thanks tell me are you a white or a red wine lover
2: oh man I I love red my red's my go-to but I've been enjoying more whites recently and I think as the warmer weather starts to come roll around I'm like oh more white more rosé like I love a good yeah. soft blanc um yeah but I I mean uh, red blends are like my go-to just because they're really easy to drink plus it's always cool to, like mm, what do i taste in this one and like or i recommend mm-hmm. like hey if you like this wine, you might like this wine. so mm-hmm. what about you Oh,
1: I, I drink uh mostly reds i've um i i drink almost everything i have i am really into natural wines lately so oh. i drink uh anything that has funkiness and i'm really into orange wines uh, these days like uh, over the throughout the winter, it's been a little bit of an encouraging glass. You know, it's like a little bit more funky, a little bit more bright. But I am a, a red lover, I have to say. If I have to drink one yeah. for the rest of my days, it would probably be red. That's we awesome. just imported um, a, a few bottles from Japan. Fred and I went to Japan before the pandemic in 2019. And we found out that in Japan, they have a big natural wine scene. Because really? the, the Japanese are very big in fermentated fermented foods. Mm-hmm. and natural wines have a strong fermented taste. And so I found that out because I just I just happened to find a wine bar because I was craving wine and in Japan it was either beer or sake and I don't like either. Yeah. so I ended up finding this this dodgy wine bar in Kyoto and uh, we tasted some natural wines from Kyoto called the Great Republic and it was the most just it was one of the most interesting wines that I'd ever tasted so we just we found one person that imports it in Montreal one wow. and so I've been ordering and we just got our bottles we've been waiting like eight months for them
2: oh my gosh yeah 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 so, yeah there was
0: a
1: there was a bunch more that I drank in between but it was nice <laughs> but, so tell yeah, me I been
2: drinking more wine this past year yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah That is true. I had to, I had to give it a little bit. And I was thinking about like, we have a stigma on wine, the fitness people. And I think part of that is because fitness people are very intense. Fitness people do everything 100%. So if you talk about drinking, it's like, the, you, you know, you and I went through this when we start crossfit. there's not not a lot of control in our love for that sport. Like it's an addiction. We go through these intense routines and we get these endorphins that just rush us. And it's like better than a hit of any kind of drug we've ever tasted. And all of a sudden everything is done intense. And you probably gone through this, or I, I know I have, but like when I found out about cheat meals, like I was all over that like a oh, percent it was insane the cheat meals i would have and then it, so fitness people are just always 100 100 all the time and uh, i think that's one of the reasons why wine and alcohol is kind of like maybe no no it can't touch that because it's
2: it's it once it once it touches yeah. the lips you know yeah like, oh, a blast lips. i have to have the entire bottle it's like yeah, exactly. moderation and that's <laughs> yeah. what we try to like really promote is like that balance and it's like Hey, I'm not going go and crush like two, three bottles by yourself. I'm not yeah. saying that at all. Find that balance and moderation. But like you said, they're like, oh, it's like, it's like balls to the walls or nothing, then I'm like, eh, that's where like <laughs> the, that mindset might change a little <laughs> bit. Like, People need to
1: like, I, I, so I signed up for an Ironman. Um, oh, that's awesome. For, yeah, I don't know why I did that, but <laughs> good for you. <laughs> I needed something to do, so I signed up for that, and it made me realize a lot of things about how. I attacked CrossFit Mm. and um, so Ironman has made me realize how important it is to moderate a lot of things you know it's very very important and and mind you I like had I found Ironman at the age that I found CrossFit probably I would have done the same thing yeah went all in and trained like a crazy person but you know my training age has changed so tell me Margot where are you going now
2: That's a great question. Um, Right now I'm focusing headstrong with the business, um, working to get national distribution and eventually worldwide distribution. That's something I really want. Um, Being able to educate and share people with our message, working hard, winding down, uh, working on building some new labels and new branding to share with people, hopefully later this year. Um, There's a lot of projects and works that I want to do, but I want to be able to continue to to outreach to other people in other communities and help support people in their endeavors um, and just promote that balanced lifestyle in all facets i know fitness will always be a part of my life whether it be crossfit or yoga or walking and just getting people to to move and to understand that like movement is good for your body especially after this past year like hearing of stories of like domestic violence going up and all these other things where it's like man it's I think there was maybe a lack of emphasis for some people in terms of fitness. Um, and so getting to encourage just like, Hey, like find a balance, whether you like going to the gym or you like doing it downstairs in your Peloton or whatever it might be, just getting people to move
0: mm-hmm. and
2: to really embrace the process, really embrace the journey. Cause like I said, like if you just wait to the end of that goal to like celebrate, then you're missing out on all that meat and potatoes in the beginning or through that journey before that end. And I think it's really important to do that. So I just want to continue mm-hmm. with that. Um, in terms of any competition, I'll, I'm, I'm focusing on some golf long drive competitions right now. I'm doing one on Sunday. That's um, cool. Yeah. I used to play in high school and junior high. So kind of like coming full circle, it's good to like come back. And I think just like, I like to challenge myself when I go towards gravitating, I gravitate towards challenging situations, I'm not sure mm-hmm. why, but I think it's good. Cause then it pushes myself out of that comfort zone, um, pushes that bubble out a little bit. So that's
1: really cool. Like so the future. Tell me Margo, what's the name of your of
2: the company? Uh, so it's called the Goat Wine. So that's the wine we have that's in distribution. Um, we're working on some future labels and future branding hopefully here soon um, to build a launch with that. We have uh, we have three different wines have been the most popular. The Goat's been the most popular by far. And then Cheerson is uh, a bread blend as well. And that is the one we dedicated to my sister. Um, she was a huge into art and painting. And so we use one of our last paintings called the Purple Tree as a label. Um, and 11 year on another red blend wine. That's a little bit lighter, but those three, are the ones we have, and we've just been able to do a lot of in-person events up until 2020. And now we're starting to do slowly a little bit more, which would be great. But, um, again, promoting that balance, promoting that lifestyle that, and if people are out there that don't drink, that's totally fine. Maybe it's eating bonbons on the couch with your kids, like just mm-hmm. finding something that you can embrace and, and celebrate them the day. So it's been a, it's been a good process, but still looking to work on launching more this year.
1: Oh, Margot, um, I sincerely wish you all the best, and um, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I think that you're you're uh, an example of of um, uh, of determination, and you're an example of what it means to focus on 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 working, but enjoying the process, and just just overall positivity, and just like just you know hard work. And, uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for spending the time and sharing your journey. And, and I hope that, uh, that uh, everything moves well in the future, and that we can get out of this freaking pandemic, and you can launch your wines, and
2: <laughs> yes. we can all enjoy a
1: glass together. Soon. Yes, I would
2: love to come up there and visit, and like do some yoga wine up there. That'd be amazing. Oh
1: um, man, I don't know. I don't. I don't know much about the yoga wine scene, but there is a killer wine scene up here. So I <laughs> well, would we'll love do to wine drinking
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I think the last time I was up there was in 2016 for that fundraiser. That was, I think it was 2016. Was it 17? In Toronto. Oh, it was in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Okay, my bad. Yes, that was the last time I was in yeah. Toronto. That's the last time I was up in Canada. I was, oh man. Oh, so man. Cool. Uh,
1: well, if I, I don't know when the borders are going to open, but honestly, um, I can take you around a bunch of wine bars here. There's such a great wine that. scene. Yeah, it would That'd be really be awesome. cool. And I'd love to go down to, to Las Vegas and check out yes, the Anytime there.
2: you want to come out here, girl, let me know. I'd love to have you yeah. down
1: here.
2: Hopefully soon. Fingers crossed.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Margo, it was such a pleasure.